Welcome to the Midas Touch Podcast, Thanksgiving edition. Ben, Brett, and Jordy here with you. Hopefully you are spending some time with friends, with families. If not, we're just happy to be spending this time with you. We're celebrating this with you as members of the Midas Mighty community. And we just want to thank you for just being on this journey with us. And really, I mean, for me, when I think about what I'm thankful for, it's really everyone who's made Midas Touch a possibility and everyone who supports our democracy. We got a very special guest on our podcast today with an announcement. We have Anthony Davis, a BBC commentator, Sky News commentator. Anthony Davis has the golden voice, and we're going to be making a special announcement that Midas Touch is doing a project with Anthony Davis. Ooh, and we're going to start launching tease, the project. That's, right that's, that's, that's call, a deep tease. Deep tease. You're going to have to listen to the Anthony Davis interview to find out exactly what the project is that Midas Media Network is launching with Anthony and what, Davis. What's going on in your end, Brett? Everything's good. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really grateful. I think Thanksgiving is always a good time to just reflect on everything we have, you know, and this year I feel like we've accomplished so much and we've met so many incredible people. And if you just look at to kind of where we are as a country right now, where we are as brothers right now, just put everything on both a macro and micro level out there. I am just so incredibly thankful to be where we are right now. I mean, I think this country is in significantly better shape. I don't think anybody with a straight face could say that that's not true, considering the horrors of last year. I'm just going to be happy to be able to spend this holiday with family. I'm excited to see you, Ben. Jordy, you're on the East Coast. Yeah, I missed, missed the invite to this one. <laughs> you, of course, got the invite, but mm-hmm. I know I know you're on the East Coast with mom. Love you, mom. Happy Thanksgiving. Excited to see you soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm really just thankful. And I just want to thank the Midas Mighty and thank everybody who, you know, I know this could be hard to like be so informed all the time and to be so engaged in politics. It's not easy. It's much easier to be ignorant, right? It's much easier to just go out in the world, not know anything, not have a care in the world. But you really are the reason why the country is on the right track. And I never want you to underestimate your value. I never want you to estimate what you bring to this fight and efforts that you have done to save our democracy. And every time we see things of progress. Every time we see news like that jobless claims are the lowest since 1969 or we've added, you know, 7 million jobs or that 220 million Americans have been vaccinated and there's all this technology. Like, I want you to take some responsibility for that and own it and thank yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back for making that all possible. That all happens because you show up. And also, you know, this holiday, you might have some downtime, you know, whether you're with family, whether you're with yourself, having a good time, having your own little party, which could be a lot of fun at times celebrating it with us. We have a lot of content out there, which I hope maybe you could take some time to check out. We got the new Politics Girl podcast. Thank you for making the Politics Girl podcast a top podcast in the United States, the number one political podcast in all of America last week. Really phenomenal. And just the feedback we have gotten on the Politics Girl podcast are incredible. You probably know Lee McGowan from her breakfast rants, which we have posted on our social media. And now there is a podcast, which are these great kind of 20 to 30 minute snackable pieces. She is by far and away the best messenger we have. So please go check out the Politics Girl podcast. If you haven't watched it yet, if you want to watch it for a second or third or fourth time, go check out the Supporters movie. The Supporters movie is our political satire with the good liars. You can get that for free or pay whatever you want for it if you love the movie at thesupportersmovie.com and catch up on some old Midas Touch podcast episodes. I know, you know, Jordy gets mad at me when I say just Midas Touch podcast 
He yeah, goes, because it's the Midas Touch goes, podcast. It's the or is it the Midas Touch podcast? Oh, if I see what Kam- you did there. Yeah, I know. For Kamala Harris, and you want to get yelled at by some Bloomberg reporters, <laughs> it's the Midas Touch <laughs> podcast. That was such a ridiculous. I know it's so stupid. Check out all of our content, catch up on things, and just take the time to really thank yourself and have a great Thanksgiving, Jordy. Any final words to uh, Jordy? Take us maybe out? talk about the Midas merch that uh, yeah, we're yeah, dropping. Yeah, yeah. I got a few things I want to say. I'll start with this. I said it once. I'll say it a million times. I'll scream from the mountaintops. Thank you to the Midas Mind. Thank you to all the followers. Brett did a great job recapping it there, but I just want to reemphasize your energy motivates us every single day to get up and do what we do. So just thank you. And let's just keep going. Like Brett said, it's not easy getting up and fighting every day, but but you guys do it. You guys meet the challenge. And we're just tremendously grateful that you're fighting alongside with us. And we're going to keep going as long as you're with us. So let's do it. Jordy, what do we got new in the Midas merch store? Any special deals for our listeners? Oh, we have a fantastic Black Friday sale going on through Cyber Monday. We have our new Ho Ho Hold the House sweaters as well. Brand new. Definitely check those ho, out. They're ho, a, a the little house. bit of an ugly, ugly Christmas sweater, as they like to say, but we'll just refer to it as an ugly holiday sweater. <laughs> um, and yeah, we have up to 40% off almost all items in the Midas Touch store. That's 40% off. So go to store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com and check it out. There's some great deals, some wonderful holiday gifts for you and the family to check out. So we got the Midas Media Network shows. Make sure you check out the Zoomed In. Make sure you check out Kremlin File. Make sure you check out Legal AF. There will be a new Legal AF this weekend. The guilty verdict in the killing of Ahmed Arbery. We're going to break that down. Man, you and Popak take those no vacation days off seriously. No vacation in the law, Jordy. <laughs> You've got, of course, the Midas Touch podcast. You got Politics Girl, as Brett mentioned. The supporters, as Jordy mentioned, all the great Midas merch to check out. And I want to leave you with this before we bring in our guest, Anthony Davis, about the big new announcement, a new addition to the Midas Media Network that is rapidly growing. We are winning. We are winning. And we are winning for the country. The economy is in a much better place than it is under Donald Trump. Each of the indicators that we have indicate strong growth. But we need to remember that Americans who are filling up their gas at the pump, who are seeing these increased prices in the supermarket, that matters to everyday Americans also. And we need to also message not just the kind of macroeconomic indicators, but we need to also message the microeconomic indicators and micro, not just as a term that economists use, but like what's going on in individuals' home? What's going on when someone goes to the supermarket, when they fill up gas at the pump. And what they need to realize ultimately is that it's Democrats that are fighting for them. It's the GQP and the Republicans who are fighting for the big oil companies who want to raise the prices on you. And Democrats and progressives who want to make health care more affordable for you. We got to be proud and loud of our issues. And we need to go after this right wing disinfo chamber. And Brett did an incredible new tweet kind of format that we're going to have when we see disinfo, how Midas Touch is going to be a rapid response to disinfo. And Brett did a great post on that yesterday. But without further ado, let's bring in Anthony Davis to talk about this great new announcement for a new program that will be added to the Midas Touch Media Network. 
We're here at the Midas Touch podcast, and I am so thrilled to announce this next guest. I'm thrilled to be launching this new project with him. Anthony Davis, a regular contributor to BBC News, Sky News, Al Jazeera News, Channel 5 News, MSNBC, BBC Radio. You probably have heard Anthony's voice in commercials on TV, on the radio, and you probably didn't even know it is Anthony. For example, the Nike You Can't Stop Us campaign. Wow. You know that voice that's right cold. in the middle that's announcing that COVID is here. That is Anthony's voice in that commercial. Anthony, welcome to the Midas Touch podcast. Thank you, Ben. It's really nice to be here. I didn't book many commercials last year. But the commercial that I did book was the biggest commercial of the decade. I, th I think that Nike ad got 50 million views in its first day on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty exciting. And it also it was really nice to be part of something that was talking about like, integration of, of culture and race. You know, that's what that ad was all about with, with a split screen. And every time I watch it, I, I well up, you know, I, I, I'm very moved by it. And I guess that was the intention with the ad. It's funny just what a small world it is because, you know, our listeners know I represent and I'm business partners with Colin Kaepernick, who's in that commercial. And I've heard the commercial so many times and didn't really think about whose voice it was other than it was <laughs> the perfect voice. So I am thrilled to be working with you, with your perfect voice and with your important views on what the news should be right now, which is news. And I've always wanted as a Midas initiative to go back to the days where news meant news. It didn't always mean that there had to be entertainment and people imprinting their personal beliefs and propaganda, but just here is the news. And when you and I first began talking, Anthony, about this project that we're you know about to announce with you, and I want to keep intentionally teasing it with our listeners before saying what it was, though, you know, your experience internationally is different. So when you arrived here in the United States, you were like, what the hell is going on here? Maybe walk us through that experience from the international perspective, you growing up in the UK, and then what you see here with our quote unquote news. Well, when I was planning on moving to the US, I was going to be moving to Obama's America. And, but the, and it takes a long time to kind of plan a move, five and a half thousand miles. You know, people think that People just come into this country. It's so difficult to get into America legitimately. Right. It's very hard. You have to uh, make your application and then you have to file. It's very expensive to file with the immigration services to kind of actually even get past that first hurdle. And then you have to go for interviews at the American embassy in your own country. And you, know, and, and you don't know if you're going to be approved or not. So it's very hard. So when I finally got here, it was January 2017. I think I got two weeks of the Obama administration <laughs> and then I, uh, it was Trump's inauguration. And oh, I was no. like, oh, and, I, and, and so obviously, you know, politically, my parents were conservative. So I, I've had this full broad spectrum of politics and I was never p particularly political until 1997 when Tony Blair won the election. The Labour Party took over from years of conservative rule in the UK. And that was when I first became kind of interested in modern politics because he rebranded the Labour Party as New Labour. And that was very interesting, you know, marketing. Democrats are not very good at marketing. You know, the right has always been better at marketing, build the wall, lock her up, you know, very simple sentences that are very, you know, very easy to understand. 
So I came here and Trump became president. And I was very open to that because, you know, I believe in democracy and he got the most votes and that was fine. But what really fascinated me was that the cable news channels did not really know how to cover him. What they probably should have done is recognized from the very beginning that he was just flying by the seat of his pants. He'd never read the Constitution. He didn't really know about how government worked. He didn't understand about international trade. He really had no concept of the construct of modern politics. And arguably, he'd been a Democrat and he kind of ran for whoever he knew would most likely vote for him, which were conservatives and Republicans. And so he just took on the views of those guys because he wanted to be popular. And we have the same now in England with Boris Johnson. He's also a populist and will literally say anything to get votes. And so I couldn't quite believe that the media in America wasn't covering the man. They were, you know, they were taking stuff that he was saying, like just stuff that spilled out of his mouth, like Space Force. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, this is a thing. And it's like, don't, don't legitimize stuff that he's saying if he's just thinking of it, you know, on the fly. And so the thing that really moved me, because, you know, Biden says that the reason he wanted to run for president was because Donald Trump referred to fine people on both sides in the Charlottesville rally. And that was the motivator for him. The motivator for me to want to do the news in America for Americans and report the truth was on the fourth day of Trump's presidency, when he called for a complete and total ban of all Muslims entering the US until, and I quote, we can work out what the hell is going on. And it gave me chills because none of those statements served any purpose other than xenophobia, racism, and fear, stoked division. And it made me very sad. And, you know, I'd come here with my children and I was going to be a dad and I was just going to kind of kick back and enjoy California. And I suddenly felt this calling to report the truth. There's only one truth. You know, there isn't opinion. And where I'm from in England, the news is regulated by the government, but not specifically by Boris Johnson, by an independent organization called Ofcom. And so if you report something that is not true and someone complains about it, <laughs> then there will be a case. The craziest concept. Craziest concept. It's, it ne it's needed, but yeah. just to think that that exists there is, is unbelievable. And that's, and, I, and that's normal there. So are you looking at the United States right now and you're just like, this is absolutely bonkers? Well, no, because I really care about how these things happened. You know, I'm not very critical of anything. You know, I'm, my, I have a racist landlord who's a conservative Trump supporter. He says the worst stuff to me, but I still respect him and like him. You could have just said Trump supporter. We could have tied well, I just think I'd like to engage with <laughs> him because he sends me all this garbage about, you know, the anti-vax stuff. He sends me text messages, links to websites I've never heard of, because obviously this stuff would never exist on a legitimate website that they've had to go to the, the darkest places of the web to publish it. And he sends me these links and I'm just like, this is just garbage. And so he has been indoctrinated into thinking that I have been drinking the Kool-Aid. He uses that phrase, you've been drinking the Kool-Aid. And all he does is watch Fox News and get his news from Facebook. And so I just thought it's not his fault. He thinks that he's getting the truth because if he hears something by Sean Hannity, it gets corroborated by Tucker Carlson. So if two people have said it, it must be true. And then if he sees something on Facebook that is a post about what he's been seeing on television, then that's a third source and that corroborates it. So to him, it must be true. And this is what we have to understand. We have to respect the fact that people 
are not all intellectual and people are not all well-read and not well-traveled. They're just going on the information they've been given. So I really care about everybody. And I, I, and I feel that what I do now, which I don't want to preempt what Ben's about to announce, but what I do now and have done since July 2019 is provide a true news service that is non-political, non-partisan, that's completely factual, and it's just the same as the way we do the news in the UK, but it's for the American market. So one of the things too, though, is if you look back historically with the abolition of the fairness doctrine by Reagan, what we're seeing now really was, frankly, the plan by these right wingers. I mean, they wanted to inject disinfo where we think back to the news of the Walter Cronkites and just people who try to call balls and strikes largely, you know, back in the day. But that was abolished with the fairness doctrine, which has created these big disparities, right, where the U.S. media looks totally different than in the UK and, and anywhere else, really, in, in your travels. Well, the fairness doctrine was about providing balance to news reporting. And it meant that if you presented an argument, you had to have an opposing argument. And it's a similar thing to the way the news is done in the UK. So they, they like to encourage debate, but it's done in a very respectful environment. And, and let's understand the difference between American politics and British politics. The left in Britain is like over here and the right is over here. Whereas for in, our audio listeners, can yeah. you uh, show tell what you're doing with your I'm, hand? I'm, I'm, ma- I'm doing a clock. So so the left is in England. The left is just a little bit to the left, maybe at the 11 o'clock position. And the right is maybe at the two o'clock position. Right. And whereas in America, the right has become the far right. So what we used to call, you know, patriots have become nationalists, white nationalists. The far right has become conservatism. And that's because Trump embraced everybody. You know, he really wanted, he was a very insecure person. So he needed the support of all groups, whether it be proud boys or fine people on both sides or anybody that was prepared to support him, he would take their support because he was just desperate to win. He loves winning. Doesn't really care how, but for him, it's all about the win and the kill, you know? And so I just think in England, we're able to have conversations because our left and right is so narrow, really. You know, you don't argue with people about politics in the same way that here people won't argue because they won't talk. Conservatives won't talk to Democrats. So the Green New Deal, very controversial in uh, the UK. And I say that jokingly. (laughs) The UK is just different. You know, I used to think that England and America were the same because the language is similar and it really isn't. Politically, we have a nationalized healthcare system, which is brilliant. Now, the right wing in America would refer to that as socialized medicine. <laughs> well, we don't call it socialized medicine. It's just the doctor. Just go to the doctor. They just don't. And if any one of you three guys was to come to England and have an accident or something happened to you and you needed to go see the doctor, you show up at any hospital in the UK and you show them your wound or whatever it is, talk about your pain, and they'll ask you your name and your date of birth and they'll say, go sit down. And I could speak to this. I lived there for six months in college. I lived on the east end of London and I got sick a couple times. And when I would get sick, I would go to the doctor. That trip would be 100% free. They would write me a prescription. I would go to the pharmacy. The pharmacy, all the prices for the prescriptions were capped. I don't know what it is now. It's probably a, a couple pounds higher than it was then, but it was around 7.95. That's right. Uh, it's, it's around 10 pounds. Then. Yeah. 
And I was just amazed. Like, no matter what the medication was, seven ninety five, or now it's yeah. like nine ninety five. No matter what. And yeah. here in this country, I look around, and you know, one of the provisions in this Build Back Better Act that President Biden is trying to pass is it will lower prescription drug prices and it will lower the price of insulin to thirty five dollars a month. And I look at that as you know, that's this massive achievement that Republicans are fighting so hard against here. And I just so crazy that people are spending $800 a month, $1,000 a month or more for life-saving medicine that you could go to the UK and get for $9.95. And these Republicans are diabetic. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but it's like they're doing themselves a disservice. And so what you're and, and yeah, insulin is a perfect example. It's a bit like how much is a, is a pint of milk or a gallon, of, you know, around the world. Well, insulin in the UK, I think, is the wholesale price for it is around seven pounds. In America, it's $95. So that's the example of like, you know, the disparity between the cost. It's all profit. And that's why when a, when a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic hits the USA, this is the reason why there's nearly 800,000 people dead here is because American healthcare is set up for profit, not for a pandemic. There was no joined up system. They had to invent the software technology to have an electronic vaccination card. They had to invent it. It didn't exist. So we are really in America struggling to kind of deal with very basic constructs. And yet the rhetoric is that this is the greatest country in the world. Well, it must be great because I wanted to move here, you know, and I, I, I love living in California, but I recognize that not every state is the same. And if the, you know, if abortion is being banned in Texas, then that state is winding the clock back to like 1960. And that's going to happen to all red states in the same way. These controversial debates that we have in our country every single day, whether it's debates over guns, with we just saw with the Kyle Rittenhouse case and the fallout with our relationship with guns, with health care, with climate, I mean, you name it. Where do these fall on the political spectrum in the UK? And are these issues that are so hotly debated like they are here? And I guess maybe another way to put it would be, where does somebody like AOC fit in the political spectrum of the UK as opposed to the United States of America? Well, she should be a centrist. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what we have to understand yeah. about about the about the politics. Like AOC is described as a kind of radical socialist, a bit like you know the, the way they describe Bernie when he was when he was like running for the presidency right. or for the nomination. You know, referring to him as this kind of radical, and it's like, are you kidding me? What's <laughs> radical about a wind turbine? I mean, please, like, come on. And so, yeah, in, in the UK, we're a socialist country run by a conservative government. And I think it's very important you understand that. Boris Johnson is, you know, pretends to be a kind of right wing, you know, very kind of go get him kind of guy. But the reality is he's just like, you know, he's just lazy and he loves branding and marketing. And that's what he has in common with Trump. I wouldn't say he has the kind of fascist uh, ideals that Trump has because he's a European. You know, Boris Johnson is a European and Europe escaped fascism by, you know, a hair. And this is the thing that's very important that we must understand. Because in America, you know, fascism has actually now given way to Nazism. And I'll explain why. In England, when I walked around the streets of London, I would see bomb sites left over from 1945. I would see bomb sites where they would be a row of terraced houses and then there'd be like a gap where they hadn't built anything, you know, all these years later. It was like a daily reminder that, that there was a, a fascist dictator 
in a, in a, in a Nazi uniform, was uh, tried to take over our country and, and bombed London for eight months consistently. Every single night, the bombings, the, the blitz. You go to any European country, especially Germany, of course, and you still feel it. You feel the heritage and the history and the it, it's almost like it's it's a reminder. It's a daily reminder. And in England, yes, we have the National Health Service, but that came out of the Second World War. We have the welfare state that came out of the Second World War. We have all of these provisions that are designed to make life better for us because our country was decimated. So we fear fascism. But none of that happened over here. You know, the closest that mainland U.S. got was Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. I mean, yes, you sent loads of troops over to Europe to help. But like mainland America didn't know of any of this stuff. So there has been no daily reminder of the rise of fascism and, and, and Nazism. And so now that it's happening and I'm not saying, oh, I, it might happen. It already happened. I mean, look at the video of Charlottesville, which took place in 2017. They were marching with tiki torches and, and swastika flags. And they were chanting, Jews will not replace us. That was like nearly four years ago. And so we are now in a place where this white on white crime is the modern day terrorism. That's what we're seeing every day. It, it's not, there's no Muslims committing crimes. You know, that's all propaganda left over from 9-11, that fear. 9-11 was the closest America, modern America came to feeling that what it's like to have an invasion. But 17 of those bombers were Saudi nationals and were just about to sell $600 million worth of arms to Saudi Arabia. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of contradiction. And so how do we expect regular people to be able to compartmentalize the fact that that the world is nuanced and there is no black and white. And AOC just wants to do the best for her constituents. She, there's nothing radical about her. She's just a really caring person who worked so hard, waiting tables by night so she could do her study, so she could get, and now she's sitting in Congress. And it, she, it's a shame she's not older because she could then run for president. So we are, just to take it back to your question, Ben, you know, AOC for me, represents a new generation of people who really care, like they, they, they have empathy. Trump, malignant narcissism is a mental illness. It means you cannot have empathy for anybody. And yesterday he invited Carl Rittenhouse to, to Mar-a-Lago to celebrate his win. No mention of the two people that were executed by Carl Rittenhouse, no mention of that. Just a celebration. In fact, all conservatives suddenly celebrated Carl Rittenhouse getting off on a self-defense case. They're celebrating murder, someone getting away with murder. That's Nazism. It's gone beyond fascism. And I want to be able to bring it back and educate conservatives because I, I, I think we're all the same fundamentally. We're all born good. It's just what we're exposed to. So I really feel like the work I'm doing now is just to get conservatives who don't want to be in the cult who want to be, you know, fiscal conservatives or people who care about small government but don't want to be Nazis can just learn about the world and the news in a way that is educational, informative, nonpartisan, but more importantly, true. And Anthony, when we looked at also the Virginia exit poll data, one of the things that people were saying is they just didn't like people yelling at each other in the constant noise. 
and what they said, although I think there's a big difference between the type of passion that's being shown on the side of progressives and Democrats to help people and the type of shouting being done on the right that's furthering hate and division. But people were saying, hey, just tone down the noise a little bit and just tell me what's going on. And so when I saw what you were doing, Anthony and Brett, Jordy and, and the Midas team, we all saw what you were doing with a, a project called Five Minute News. I knew I had to reach out to you and I knew this was exactly what was missing in the Midas Media Network, and you were doing it. You were for the past, and I'll let you say how long it was, but for the past almost two years now, delivering the news in five-minute snippets, but that were explaining the situation, that were just saying what was going on and delivering the news to people. Local news, national news, international news, news about climate change, news that affects our globe, news that's being ignored. And so you and I spoke, we hit it off right away on the first Zoom, and we are announcing now this incredible strategic partnership um, between Anthony Davis and 5-Minute News and the Midas Media Network, where we're going to be teaming up so that we can elevate and promote 5-Minute News through the Midas Media Network on our social channels, and also wanting everybody to go and listen to 5-Minute News on the podcasts, which they can get wherever podcasts are available. So I'll let you take it from here and explain more about what we're going to be doing together and more about 5-Minute News. But you're hearing it first on this Thanksgiving episode, something I'm thankful for, which is this partnership with 5-Minute News. Well, yeah, thank you guys for the opportunity, but also for recognizing that, you know, five minute news is an essential part of our, our news diet because, you know, where are people getting their news from? I mentioned earlier, you know, that if you're looking on Facebook, the chances are it's going to have a partisan uh, tinge because, you know, people post all sorts of things online. There's a lot of opinion out there. And what's important about five minute news is it's not my opinion. I mean, I have my opinions. You know, I, I talk about fascism and Nazism in a very relaxed fashion. But the reality is that there is truth to a lot of this. And, and when Kellyanne Conway referred to alternative facts, that was also the day that I was like, whoa, hang on a second. You know, facts and truth, we can't mess around with these things. There can only be one truth. There can only be one series of facts. If you want to bring your opinion into it, that's fine. Have your opinion, but just don't post it online. Don't publish it as a podcast and say it's true. So five minute news is not my opinion. If you want to hear my opinions, then maybe we need to do a separate show for my opinions. But in terms of the truth and the daily facts about what's happening in America and in the rest of the world, because I turned on cable news when I first moved to America and I was like, they only talk about America. Like, there's like a lot of stuff going on in the rest of the world that's really important. And no one seems to have mentioned it. And so it occurred to me that actually the best way to make a, a show for an American audience is to do like the first couple of stories about the US or maybe the first story about Biden or whoever the administration is. And then the second story may be about uh, health or the pandemic, you know, something that affects us all. And then the third story to be something more international. Climate change is obviously an international subject because the whole planet is burning at the same rate. So they're not being like, oh, climate change is worse in this hemisphere. It's like, trust me, we are all in the same boat here. So five minute news is a digestible amount. It's not always five minutes. Sometimes it's six minutes. Sometimes it's seven minutes. Please don't judge me. 
someone wrote once on my on the comments, you know, why you said it's five minute news and it's seven minutes. I'm like, OK, I'm giving you more. This is like good value. But <laughs> it, it's it's just enough because I worry that people look all they waste so much time looking for the news. They're doing a bit on Twitter and a bit on Instagram and a bit on Facebook and then channel hopping. I mean, I, I met a woman in the glasses shop where I buy these glasses. And I said, you know, what news do you watch? And she said, oh, I watch a bit of Fox and a bit of CNN. And I was like, why both? And she's like, well, because I feel like if I get like both sides, I can decide what's true. And I was like, no, it doesn't work like that. It, it just doesn't work like that. You can't watch something that is dramatized on CNN because I find CNN to be an over-dramatization of the truth, always like looking for, a, for the next big, there's always a countdown clock on the screen to like Armageddon or something. They are always counting down to something. To something. <laughs> I'm like, what's going to happen? I mean, one time it counted down and my microwave went ping and my dinner was ready. So it was kind of like perfect timing. And then on the other side, you've got Fox, which is pure propaganda. It's pure propaganda. There isn't even a little bit of truth in Fox. And so... This is why I felt compelled to make a show that was short enough that people could listen to it in the morning because it, it drops first thing in the morning. So if you subscribe to the podcast, then you'll, you'll get it first thing in the morning. When you wake up, it'll be there in your, in your podcast. If you go on YouTube or on your channel and see it on YouTube, it'll be there first thing in the morning. While you're making your coffee, listen to five, six or seven minutes of the most important stories of the day. They're not the biggest stories of the day. If you want the biggest stories, then go to... Go to like CBS or, you know, NBC. Like when Britney Spears split up with her father recently, I did not cover that on Five Minute News. It has to be something that affects all of us, not just a woman who's wealthy and is going to be even more wealthy. <laughs> you know, right. it's like it has to affect all of us. And so I only had to do three stories a day, but I have to choose which are the most important stories. And so I put this together in July 2019. I spent a year thinking about it, you know, after when Trump got in and the misinformation and, the, and all this. And then I finally got around to kind of creating it, planning it. And I started in July 2019. And then a year later, November 2020, the Evergreen Podcast Network got in touch and they heard it and they were like, we really want to support you because this is amazing. And Evergreen are a fantastic podcast network based in Cleveland, Ohio. They have like, they have some massive podcasts, Crime Capsule, West Wing Reports. They have one called Black and White with Stephen Dorsey, like really good, good podcast, true crime, all sorts. So I said, well, I don't mind you being, you know, being a part of your network, but I don't want you to change anything. And they said, no, no, that's fine. And this is why I was interested in you guys, because you've said to me, just carry on making it and we want more people to hear it. Yeah. And the timing of the pandemic, because I was covering health and climate, meant that I suddenly went from without any promotion, from having like hardly any downloads, I suddenly was getting like hundreds of thousands of downloads because people were literally trying to find the truth. And the reason this happened and the, and, and the reason I put America as the country where there's been the most deaths is because you had an election year, the same year as the pandemic. And, you know, Trump wanted to win the election. So he basically gave it two or three months to focus on the pandemic. And then he was like, OK, I'm done. You know, drink the bleach, take take the hydro <laughs> chloroquine that I have shares in and you're done. We're fine. Thank you. <laughs> You know, I need to carry on campaigning, doing my rallies where no one has to wear a mask and people are going to die. So Crazy. I really kind of felt like doing a podcast about health 
and climate and world news and stories about places you've never even heard of is really healthy. And it saves you time because you don't have to scroll Facebook and Instagram and Twitter to find little snippets. I'll do yeah. it all for you while you're making your coffee in the morning. Yeah, I think the fact is there's so much bullshit out there and there are so many loud voices and everybody's trying to be as loud as possible in order to capture people's attention. And what I really like about five minute news is it doesn't have any of that dramatization. It doesn't have any of that embellishment or theatrics. It's just straight up the facts. It's the news that you need to know. And, you know, people always wonder where, what, what publications do you read? Do you read the New York times? Do you read the BBC? Do you go on this blog or that blog? Five minute news. It's really the one place where you could go and you know that you are getting the unbiased straight truth. And you could listen to it, like you said, in five, six, seven minutes and get totally informed without having to worry that you're missing anything important and without having to worry that you're being duped. And I think it's just is so intrinsically tied to the mantra of Midas Touch from the beginning, which is because truth is golden, where we're always trying to be a source for the truth and a source where people could come to and could trust what they are hearing. So it's going to be great to be able to release these with the Midas Media Network. We're going to start releasing these in a video format on the Midas Touch social media channels, hopefully beginning later this week. It'll be on our YouTube. We'll be releasing them in the morning on our Twitter, on our Facebook, on our Instagram. Everywhere you find us, you will start to find 5-Minute News. And you could subscribe to the five minute news podcast wherever you get podcasts. And I, here's one of my working theories, Anthony, and, and you could let me know if I'm wrong, but I just think you could say anything with your voice and you're going to be <laughs> trustworthy and people are going to be like, oh yeah, that sounds fascinating. Incredibly interesting. I want to test this theory out though. And so I pulled up just a random step in the New York Times, it's in the spirit of Thanksgiving, Anthony, I pulled up a random step in the New York Times recipe for cooking a turkey. And I wonder if you could give this a read. I just put it in the chat room just to see if I could prove this theory right, that you could read anything and make it sound fascinating. I'll do my best. This is, you know, this was worth going to journalism school for. <laughs> <laughs> Heat oven to 450 degrees in the bottom of a large <laughs> roasting pan, add the cider and enough wine to fill the pan to a quarter inch depth. Add half the onions and the remaining six garlic cloves and the bay leaves. <laughs> Stuff the remaining onion quarters and the lemon quarters into the turkey cavity. Brush the turkey skin generously with oil or melted butter. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. My, that my was amazing. I think my hypothesis was just proven right every time. <laughs> and to, to finish this episode, I just want to say, Anthony, I am thankful for you. I'm thankful to be in touch with you. Thankful for all the work you do. Your perspective, I think, is fascinating and much needed at this time in American politics. And we are so grateful to have you. We are so thankful and so excited to get five minute news out to an even larger audience. I want to wish all of our followers, all of our listeners out there, a very happy Thanksgiving. We are grateful for everybody in the Midas Mighty. And thank you for everybody in the world fighting for democracy. Thank you so much, guys. It's a huge pleasure. And I'm very grateful to you for your work as well. Jordy, I think you need to give us a shout out to the Midas Mighty. Shout out to the Midas Mighty!